Hello, this is me, Erika Stahl von Holstein. And this is me, Luca de Biase. Welcome to Reimagine Talks, the podcast that challenges the way we think. Today we're here to challenge the concept of information with Professor Dino Pedreschi. Dino Pedreschi is a professor of computer science at the University of Pisa and a pioneering scientist in data science and artificial intelligence. He co-leads the Pisa Knowledge Discovery and Data Mining Laboratory. His research uh, is on big data analytics and mining, uh, machine learning and AI, and their impact on society. Human mobility, sustainable cities, social network analysis, complex social and economic system, data ethics. He is currently shaping the research frontier of human-centered artificial intelligence as a key figure at the European Network of Research Labs Human AI. And he is a co-founder of Sobic Data EU, a European research infrastructure. Thank you very much, Dino, for being here uh, with us today. I mean, AI has been the talk of the town since the launch of the first large language models, such as ChatGPT. And there's a lot of confusion with what do we mean by these things. So we're so happy to have you here because it was actually during our initial conversations many years ago about artificial intelligence that I actually understood how to understand what we mean by these concepts and their relationship to information. Information is the word that made history um, of computer science um, and is at the core of what is happening at the frontiers of di digital um, technologies. What do we mean by information in this context? Well, this is a very good question for, for today's landscape. And uh, the, the point is that the, the greatest revolution in the digital revolution, in my, in my view, is the fact that uh, we entered an, an age of uh, abundance of data, data of, uh, of any kind generated by machines and generated by people in an unprecedented scale. And the point is that when we look at avalanches, you know, big, uh, big clouds of data, we start ourselves asking then where is the information? Where, where is the meaningful information that we can uh, extract from all this? And that's, in my opinion, it's the, the kind of question, how to find information in data that is, uh, the explanation of what we uh, are uh, into today, uh, aspects like big data, like uh, data science, artificial intelligence, are all uh, different ways of uh, somehow finding an answer to the same question. How can we uh, understand better uh, the, the complexity of uh, society, the complexity of the, the planet we, we, we live in, through this new uh, resource that we perceive as extremely interesting, but at the same time, uh, extremely, uh, let's say, challenging and full of uh, noise, full of uh, false truths. Uh, both uh, uh, if these false truths are generated by machines and if they are maliciously or not, generated by people, like we have, we have very much observed 
in in our uh, in our social systems. So what happened during this, especially during these last twenty years, uh, is actually the, the the possibility of uh, uh, looking at uh, incredibly larger amount of data with incredibly more powerful means for high performance computation and also together with extremely complex uh, new models for uh, making uh, making sense out of this uh, mess the, the the explosion of artificial intelligence today is essentially due to these three factors binding together and providing this this big bang in a sense and therefore now the question is very much how uh, how can we also reshape our society, our democracy, in this new ability of observing uh, with much better detail uh, the, the social life, the natural life, uh, with lots of, pre let's say, promises and lots of perils uh, hidden into these representations. Why is it so important to speak about this uh, at, the, at the present moment? What is changing that we need to understand in relationship between machines and, and us? But what we are facing, uh, looking at from a computer science angle, but which immediately becomes a social angle, uh, what, what really changed as, a, as an outcome of uh, uh, the, 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 the situation is uh, the fact that uh, we are not anymore uh, looking at uh, algorithms, machines in, is in isolation. No? We, we look at, uh, let's say, complex uh, new systems made of people interacting with machines that interact with people that interact with machines, creating new forms of influence that go well beyond the typical influence that humans have on humans with the different, uh, uh, let's say, uh, traditional means. Uh, at, at all societal scale, uh, from a single person interacting with a single machine, no? or at social scale, with many, many people interacting through and by many different machines, like we can observe today on large platforms like social media or uh, e-commerce or uh, any kind of large-scale platform. So there is a new form of social complexity in these uh, social-technical systems that uh, are totally new, totally unexplored, uh, and uh, require um, new, new ways, uh, scientific means, and also uh, political tools to understand them and govern them. And this is a, a, a brand new uh, uh, novelty, which is precisely the outcome of uh, the possibility of creating intelligent machines out of the information that we are accumulating. This is fascinating. So on the one hand, we have all this information and the capacity to actually start gaining insights and, and valuable lessons from this information that could help us deal with the complexity of this new world that we're living in, to help us understand um, us better, how the world works and create that evidence. And on the other hand, we have these kind of doom doomsday scenarios of how this amazingly powerful technology could also lead to the end of humanity as a certain 
uh, of your colleagues have have been have been talking about. How do you understand both the opportunities of this uh, of these new technologies as well as the risks? Yeah. Uh... I understand uh, different scenarios at different scale. For, for instance, starting from individual uh, scale, like the scale of a doctor trying to make a diagnosis in a, in a complex uh, situation with a patient that shows a very complex situation, and uh, that tries to interact with a, with algorithms that help in making in decision making for for diagnosis. Uh, there, the problem is really very much how the the machine. And, and the person and the specialist uh, can find a way to uh, to complement the uh, th their uh, let's say different uh, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, how the machine can understand our way of uh, let's say performing decision making, thinking with a different uh, level of uh, let's say intuitive and rational thinking. For instance, uh, if, if machines pretend to talk to us only on the rational thinking and the logical part, they're probably not going to work uh, because we are 97% of the time are uh, instead not rational, intuitive. And uh, if uh, uh, at, at that level, what really uh, is important is to finding ways of uh, uh, trusting each other, share a common view of the world, and find ways to, uh, to make such that the union of the machine and the person is better than the person alone and is better than the machine, way better than the machine alone. It's, it's a way of, uh, let's say, uh, having meaningful way to empower our cognitive abilities. And, uh, you know, most of artificial intelligence so far has not been developed with this kind of idea. What we need to improve is the uh, human AI uh, decision maker together. And also taking into account uh, all the, uh, uh, the perils that are connected with manipulation, you know, with, uh, with bias, the, the fact that we don't realize that we are uh, either the machine or the, or the person entrapped and entangled in some biased kind of reasoning. So there is a whole set of new challenges that stem for fruitful machine-person collaboration. But when we scale up to society, there are brand new, let's say, potential risks that we are even less aware, in especially you know, I, I, my perception is that policymakers are not sufficiently aware of uh, what happens uh, at societal scale for uh, AI tools that are apparently beneficial at individual level. You know? uh, but the point is that uh, most of AI so far has been developed uh, with a selfish attitude, try to make the individual more intelligent. The problem is that, uh, unfortunately, a society of individually intelligent people is not necessarily an intelligent society because our decisions, our choices may interfere and influence each other very often on top of uh, common goods. Let me make one example, a couple of examples. Navigation apps. Okay, we are all, you know, uh, lovers of uh, car navigation app that can tell us how to reach our destination in a city that we don't know and where we would be 
totally lost without. So no question about their usefulness. But uh, what it is possible to show, this is a part of our research, is that uh, the uh, collective impact of this technology is far from uh, uh, negligible. If uh, uh, increasing fragment of the driving uh, of the drivers in a city follow the advices from the different navigation apps the the congestions in the city increases because the the the, the navigation apps have a tendency to concentrate people on the same roads and therefore they reduce the diversity of uh, behavior of people with a global collective outcome that uh, Roads, th those roads are more congested, the travel time of people increases, and the CO2 emission uh, over, the, over the city also increase and increase in specific areas, so making even worse for, spe for specific targeted populations. So there are a number of collective outcomes that cannot be discarded. It cannot be uh, somehow neglected because this kind of services are impacting on a common goods, actually on, a, on, on more than one common goods. I mean, not only the travel, but also the travel infrastructure, but also our health and, and, uh, and the, the impact on the environment. Another example, you know, uh, LLM, ChatGPT, generative AI, right? Uh, if we, we all are somehow, we have a wow effect when we see what is the, 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 the linguistic level of a generated text sometimes. But we should also ask ourselves how these models were conceived and engineered. They come essentially from the so-called transformer model that statistically try to understand what will be the most probable next word in a, in a certain textual context. No? So they are uh, focusing on what would be more typically there. Right? This means that even now they are able to produce very elaborated text, their uh, continued uh, and feedback uh, usage between uh, you know, uh, models and, and people if we don't take uh, into account uh, appropriate countermeasure, will presumably bring to more and more impoverished language, st standardized language, average language, uh, both in, in, in the in, in sense of, uh, let's say, complexity and uh, richness of, uh, of the text. Remember that text is something that uh, is functional to express emotions that we have. To, to express, to communicate uh, meaning, right? And if we standardize the language, we should ask ourselves what happens to our ability to share and to communicate emotions and feelings and meanings. And uh, also, not only richness of the text, but standardization in terms of uh, uh, multilinguality, you know? concentration on few languages, impoverishing the global culture made of thousands of different languages. So all this kind of, uh, let's say, uh, collective mid to long-term effects of the massive scale adoption of uh, uh, intelligent technologies are really worth our, uh, our attention and scrutiny 
because we are uh, really risking big risks. Professor, you mentioned politicians. Do you think that regulation can lead all this phenomena in the right direction? Regulation is absolutely necessary. Let, let me tell you my experience, uh, you know, years of years of experience of trying to work with the, for instance, so, social media company to understand uh, how their recommender system work and whether they are harmful or not. I've received during my career many promises of collaboration, uh, so voluntary collaboration with zero results because voluntary collaboration with you know, uh, power-seeking big tech company does not work. They only can understand law and, and obligation. Uh, that's why I'm really looking forward, for instance, to uh, the Digital Services Act entering into, into force for accessing the data of the platform to understand more about the social effects of uh, the algorithm that they are working for the many different uh, purposes. So uh, regulation is really uh, welcome. I'm proud to be part of, a, uh, of Europe, to have a little bit also given uh, some advice in developing uh, a set of regulation that try to somehow uh, define what we what we as Europeans mean uh, for uh, let's say trustworthy, uh, reliable, responsible uh, artificial intelligence, and and uh, uh, therefore this is I, I believe it's uh, absolutely necessary. It's really very welcome, even if it's not perfect. It, it, it's certain uh, certainly important that it is out there, and it's important that it's risk based. You know? It's not a way to regulate technology. It's a way to regulate the application, the services based on technology according to their risk. And that somehow uh, democratically we uh, decide with the parliament, with the commission and with the member states, we decide what kind of uh, uh, applications and services that are based on artificial intelligence we perceive of uh, uh, small uh, or high or unacceptable risk. I think that that's uh, absolutely uh, the right way to go. The, the, the point is that uh, uh, there are two points. We should not be shy. We, we need to be in, in this regulation. We need to, to say uh, also very clear uh, barriers to this new uh, wave of generative AI technologies because they are potentially very harmful in certain aspects. Uh, we, we can uh, harmful even if, uh, let's say, well-intentioned, right? I, I'm really uh, scared about, for instance, the application of uh, uh, large language models in education without having understood beforehand whether they will be a tool for in, having more inclusive uh, high-quality education or on the opposite, which I fear uh, most probably, uh, two that can be e even widen the gap between the, 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 the able ones, you know, the, 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 the lucky part of the population that it lives in wealthy and, and cultured families and, and the other uh, big part of the society which has not the same kind of, uh, let's say, starting points. And it, it, because if we develop a, a technology that requires a lot of critical thinking to be used, to be used uh, appropriately, it requires a ability of uh, 
finding the right questions rather than the right uh, answers. Uh, this is something, of course, very interesting, potentially, but also very divisive rather than inclusive. And uh, so I really believe we should be very careful in uh, uh, regulating uh, based on, uh, I would say, more realistic and more in inclusive uh, notions of risk than, than, than uh, we are discussing nowadays. There's a lot of talk about all these possible negative things, and that's obviously have been dominating a lot of the conversations in these past months. But I mean, these technologies are also so empowering. I mean, if we can imagine what we could do with all this data, with all this information, if used correctly. So in your view, having spent your whole career looking at these things and really talking to and framing how these technologies are seen, what do you think are the most important things we can do to reimagine information and make sure that all of these technologies can be used for to create the future world that we hope to create for our children. No, that's a good point. Uh, as a scientist, I, I see all these, uh, you know, risks or deficiencies that we discussed as challenges, not as, uh, let's say, do doomed to failure. There is a lot that can be done to imagine brand new solutions that are able to reconcile this individual and, and, and social uh, side. Uh, just to make one example, uh, navigators can be made much more intelligent by in injecting diversity, uh, helping people to not follow all the same paths, but diversify and use the road infrastructure in a more intelligent way by intelligently diversifying our behavior, which is one of the key points in complex systems. You know? uh, conformism generates uh, troubles. Diversity, the right, the right balance between conformism and diversity is what typically achieves the better performance for, for all. You know, and in a traffic situation, uh, the, the, the happiness of the individual goes hand in hand with the happiness of the collective because if the traffic is good, it's good for everybody, for everyone, right? So we can imagine this kind of metaphor instead of traffic for society in, in a broader sense, right? We, we can uh, help people to diversify their interests, to find, uh, to find new opportunities, uh, product to buy, music to listen to, uh, books to read or whatever, uh, or friends to talk to, based on, on a way that reconciles, uh, let's say, conformism and diversity. Our view, uh, our confirmation bias, but also with, the, with our bias towards being uh, uh, surprised by novelty, something that has been very little considered in the forms of AI that we've been developing so far. So I'm not so, so naive to think that we can solve all societal issues with, uh, with AI and technology. I'm not a, tech, a techno-solutionist, but I think there is a lot that we can do to have uh, new forms of uh, AI that are part of the solution in, instead of being part of the problem. This is certainly doable, and uh, uh, it should be the focus of uh, uh, our societies in, 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 the coming, in the coming years. Uh, I really welcome, for it, just to make one example, a strong, bold initiative in Europe to create a made-in-Europe uh, large language model that is able to encompass for 
the linguistic diversity that we have in our continent, for the cultural diversity, for the ability to somehow trace back sources, uh, be more transparent, more able to somehow support a plurality of view. This can be done. Uh, it's um, uh, absolutely doable, not only in principle, but also in practice, because it doesn't require investment that are out of, uh, uh, let's say, possibility for for our states. And I, I must say that also as a uh, member of this global partnership on, on AI, which is a, a, an international organization of uh, uh, almost 30 uh, countries, including the EU and the, uh, and the member states, that it's uh, discussing about the responsible and trustworthy deployment of AI worldwide. I can see really the, sign of the, the, the signs of uh, this approach. Let's develop uh, forms of, uh, of AI that are socially sustainable, that are environmentally sustainable. That's another story that is very important. We are developing uh, models that are not sustainable at all from the point of view of the energy they, they eat. Uh, so we, we really need to improve in many ways, but it's doable. We, I believe that it's important that we uh, somehow have this dual behavior very well in mind. With laws, we can somehow stop the most uh, threatening uh, uh, attitudes of, of this technology, but at the same time, constructively, with, with, with science uh, and, and with uh, innovation with our companies, uh, tall scales, invest on uh, future forms of these technologies that are, uh, let's say, attentive to the different kind of uh, social bias and social challenges, including inequality, including the, the, the gap between the, the, the few powerful and, and, the, and the many uh, that are uh, without a voice. So all this really can be addressed and we should focus on this as a way of uh, somehow reshaping and revitalizing our societies. Thank you very much, Professor Dino Pedreschi, for this contribution to our understanding about information, but not only information, I would say our future civilization. Thank you very much. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you for having me.